Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker, Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, the hacker maker, Philip Wiley. In each episode, I have a guest sharing their unique journey into cybersecurity, as well as their tips and tricks on on getting into the industry yourself. In this episode, I'm very happy to to introduce my friend, Christoph Humphreys. Uh, We've known each other from InfoSec Twitter over the years, and Chris is a really super cool guy and uh, works as a pen tester and... I think he's really got a great story to share that hopefully it inspire you on your journey. Welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. Good, now good. I got now I got a big task to fill. I got to inspire people. To... <laughs> I don't think you have to. It's an easy sell. I don't think you have to try that hard. I mean, just sharing your story—that's inspiration enough to me. But yeah, but but great to have you on here. Great to finally, we ain't got to meet in person, but we no. never, we've never spoke before, so this is pretty. Well, cool. Hopefully, hopefully this year. Yeah, we yeah, all make so. it to DefCon. Yeah, yeah, I should be there. I should actually be there all week. So you, you're going to be there for for just DefCon, or are you going to be all there, there all week? Uh, I'm there for DefCon, but I bookmarked or uh, bookended the dates by a day or two. So I think I'm there for Wednesday to Wednesday, something like this. Oh, cool. Just so I have some extra time to hang with folks. Oh, that's uh, good. Trying yeah. not to. I'm an accent sponge so i'm trying not to soak up whatever accent you have and make it go into my mouth <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to you don't want to sound like you're from texas you, you might have to be careful because the reputation huh. we, we get down here you don't want to be ju- judged <laughs> oh no i i used to live in texas believe it or not i was an army brat oh cool so i lived in uh fort worth and i lived in austin when my career got started oh cool about 20 about, something about, years ago wow yeah, it's funny. Right. We, it's interesting. We never would have, we could have bumped into each other, but <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a big, I was a big Linux, uh, sysadmin programmer guy back then. Okay. But, yeah. I was, I was back. Th- yeah. That was a little bit before. So yeah, I was ending my ending in my last couple years, of my sysadmin career. So was that before or after you wrestled a bear? That was after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I decided yeah. to wrestle a bear and change my life direction. Was after. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny since you mentioned the bear and the wrestling. One of the wrestling schools I went to was in Wyatt Settlement out there near Fort Worth. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So where do we start? Uh, from the beginning. No. Yeah. Start in the middle. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just... Uh, I guess I just start talking about what's going on. Yeah, how it just happened, why don't or you kind of, kind of, you know, share your background and and kind of how you got started. Oh, sure. Uh, so I was a, a poor kid. I got a computer from hustling parts together uh, for different people, coming up with money to do stuff. But I got my own three eighty six, and then I got a four eighty six with a math coprocessor, which was pretty great. And at the time, I wasn't into Windows, so this was mid '90s, so '95. That's when I was into Linux because I wanted to be a hacker. You know, I wanted to write cool viruses at the time. That was what I thought was the coolest thing in the world. Because you know, some people were there, some people weren't. But viruses were sort of innovative back then. They did lots of cool stuff. There's like, you know, it's sort of like what malware is to me now, where all the innovations happening. But anyway. That's where it started. So I learned how to code. I knew Linux. Um, and I just kept doing that, making friends with nerds on IRC back then, helping people out. And then I, that's what brought me to Texas. 
was uh, getting a job in Austin during the dot-com boom or bubble, you know, but back in the late 90s. So we've just sort of been a programmer and a sysadmin and um, a DBA for over 20 years. And then um, it's great, pays well, but um, I don't know if any of you that are listening are like me. You know, I'm more of an ADHD guy where I get obsessed with different things. Um, and my wife's learned to deal with it, but uh, hacking stuff was one of those random interests. So it's like, I never thought I was going to do pen testing, you know? So I was watching YouTube one day and, um, you know, I've said it a million times, but on Twitter and everything else, but it started, it all started with IPSEC on YouTube. Um, and if anybody doesn't know him, he's a, he's a good educator. He teaches how to solve hack the box machines, like, uh, you know, step-by-step how is, uh, like mind works of solving the problems where where his mind goes when he sees stuff, and that was super intriguing to me. And so I just kept watching it, and I was like, maybe I could try it too. What the heck? And um, that's what I did. And I just destroyed Hack the Box in like two months. I did almost all the machines and almost all the challenges in about two months. Um, I did do it with some friends, but still, it was. I think there was like three machines left and a few challenges. I didn't quite get guru, but I was like, oh man, maybe I can do this stuff. Um, and that's when I got in touch with, uh, well, I didn't get in touch. Um, Rando Danny with the DEF CON 610 group, he found me on Twitter because I was like, hey, are there any like communities out there? Because it's just me and a laptop watching IPSEC videos. <laughs> And so he invited me and I got to meet some cool people. Um, uh, like Scarab was pretty cool. Uh, if you ever meet him, he's like a little genius hacker, but, uh, gave me good advice. He said, if you ever want to get a job doing this, get the OSCP. And, uh, I said, absolutely. I'll do that. And then I Googled what the heck he was talking about. <laughs> Because <laughs> I never heard of the acronym. And uh, if you're assisted men or no assisted men, they're really good at acronyms. I didn't know that one. But I'm like, all right, Scare, what do I got to do if I wanted to get an OSCP? Like, I've been doing pretty good at this hack the box stuff. And um, he, he always gives good advice, but he's uh, he said something along the lines of get it where you can solve easy to medium boxes in about three to four hours potentially five but try to shoot for lower and i was like all right i could totally do that and so once i got to that that time frame i signed up for the the course uh uh took what money i had saved up you know i get got paid well as assistant men but i didn't get paid a lot so like two grand is a lot of money <laughs> with all the retests added on to it and all the courses and all that baloney but um so that's what I kept doing. And, and another important advice, I think, uh, I assume the listeners would be listening to this thinking like, Oh, I might want to be a pin tester. What do I got to do? Um, an important thing I try to tell people, at least from my experience is that, uh, as much as you invest in learning the technology and how to hack into things, you need to invest in the people. Um, and by that, I mean like making like genuine connections with people like sharing in their joys or sharing, like comforting them in their, in their sad times or just shooting the breeze with stuff or asking for help. Um, I think that probably helped me the most. And um, at the same time, being vulnerable, admitting that I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like, Hey guys, I just got a reverse shell. And they're like, big deal. I'm like, well, it's my first one, you know? <laughs> um and i was still i still had no real idea that i would ever get a job doing this i was just like well i want to learn it oscp is an avenue i was told to do and like probably everyone else you start this stuff you're like am i a poser because i feel like an idiot a lot of the times when i'm working on this <laughs> you know and so 
I, I just kept that as a personal challenge almost like I didn't know if I'd ever get a job with the OSCP certification, but I knew for myself to prove it to myself that I actually knew what I was doing in some level of measurement. Um, I had to get it and it took me three tries, got it on the third try. Uh, really, really beats the crud out of you. The first couple of days after you fail, you're like, what have I done? Have I wasted my entire life? <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. So I ended up just, am I giving like too long of a story here? No, no. That... Okay. <laughs> you're good. Because as my coworkers can attest, I can fill up an entire meeting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, so after I got it, so I, I started it in February of 2020, which was a great time to start any challenge. Um, because unless you've been living under a rock, that's when COVID hit. So that was pretty disappointing. That was pretty disappointing and depressing, uh, like everyone else, but ended up making through it, um, with a few friends, uh, whiskers on Twitter. I forget his actual handle. Yeah, I know. And, about. uh, and uh, the brilliant um, Raina, I forget her last name, or even if I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah, Khalil. Yeah. Yeah. And we were kind of working on OSCP sort of at the same time. And uh, we all ended up nailing it in 2020. Um, thank goodness. She got it on the first try. She's just, she's brilliant. But um, anyway, enough about amazing people. Uh so I got the certificate in September of 2020. So I got it that year after doing the progressive uh, retake timeouts or, or intervals, which they implemented while I was in the middle of the lab, unfortunately. Um, so anyway, having to wait what a month and then two months and then three months, something like this. And so it's like just months of waiting. Well, but I know exactly what I did wrong, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think, uh, I think the, like the cert is one thing like, yeah, okay. You can get interviews. It'll help you. But I think it also helped me just for my job period. Cause I learned to enumerate. Well, I learned to deal with feeling like an idiot. <laughs> I learned to keep a cool head under pressure and, um, I also learned to just, well, I mean, I knew it before, but it really shone a light on like, it's okay if you don't know stuff, but just be honest about it. That's the only way you're going to fix it. So, um, I tried to purposefully not have an ego or puff my chest out too much because, uh, there's always a bigger fish usually right next to you, especially in this world, <laughs> in the infosec world. Um, anyways, uh, it got the cert, um, started trying to get interviews. Um, and if you're ever trying to get a job as a pen tester, usually Q4 is a bad time to do it <laughs> because what I learned is that a lot of companies like to hire senior pen testers in Q4 and they'll hire the noobs once they're not busy, usually Q1 or Q2. Um, but I did it anyway. Cause I was like, ah, oh, what the heck? I got the confidence. Um, that also got beaten out of me by taking like 12 interviews and failing them all. Um, so I, I would advise, I don't know what I would advise do it anyway. <laughs> you know, I learned what people were asking for. So that helped each interview. Um, I learned how to deal with being grilled on stuff. I know I knew and forgot in the middle of the interview. <laughs> And they always ask you things that, that aren't covered in the OSCP or anything else, too. It's like, I love assembly, but I don't know how many of you would love to get grilled on it in an interview for Pintester. I had to do that multiple times. <laughs> Having to explain assembly commands and write assembly verbally is not fun. But I, I did it. Anyway, I got... I failed all the interviews, every single one of them. Um, but disclaimer, they were for mid-level to senior, but I decided to try it anyway, because who knows? Maybe they don't get applicants. Um, and ended up working up, working out. I got hired at um, 
company called Critical Start at the time. Uh, the manager there, the team saw something in me, I guess, that I didn't see in myself. Or they're like, uh, you weren't qualified for the senior position, obviously, but uh, we'd like to offer you a junior role. Uh, and they asked me if I want it. I'm like, hell yeah, I want it. <laughs> let's, let's get this going. And uh, so, yeah, it, in, an, in an odd series of events of starting Hack the Box, like in, in October of 2019, starting OSCP Labs in Feb- February of 2020, getting this third in September of 2020, and then getting hired in December of 2020. is a, From what I got, they're extremely rare. So I know I got super lucky. Um, so when people ask me for advice, it's I always try to tell them what worked for me. Like it wasn't the tech. Anybody could learn how to follow some steps, you know, and practice in a lab. But um, that'll help you with CTS. But it, for me, what helped me get hired was the people networking and uh, admitting that I'm not a big shot or I don't know something. Uh, I, don't know, I feel like I rambled a little bit there. Did I did I at least cover some points there? No, that that was good. Yeah, I'm just kind of <laughs> curious, curious to, to see, you know, your experience with the OSCP. You know, a lot of people, especially people that are kind of critical of the OSCP, always say how it's, CTF like, and so based on your experience and you're doing a lot of hack the box, did that seem to help you much on your OCP? Oh, it helped me tremendously because, um, because I was doing those hack the box machines like every, like I did all the ones I could do and then a new one would come out, but the, the process is the same, right? So it's like you're doing the port scans, you're enumerating, you're, you're taking notes, you're, Meth, uh, you know, just carefully step by step working the problem. Um, it's this, it's the same thing now as it was when I started doing hack the box. I'm just probably significantly faster and more organized now, but it's still like doing your scans, figuring out what it is, Googling. Um, and like we talked about before, like it's also a lot of reading, <laughs> like, uh, that's what I was surprised about because I was an engineer. So, uh, you know, programmer, sysadmin, DBA, like it's all engineering stuff. But I feel for Hack the Box and now pen testing, it's more of an auditor, really. So, like, there's engineering aspects from my point of view, but um, you're really just like you run into something new. It's the same process. What is it? Google it. Read the documentation. How does it work? Um and that was the same, I, I think, from all the way in the beginning to hack the box to OSCP lab machines to the exam machines to customer machines. That's um, really just working within a system or working within a process. I think I, I wish that people would stop saying things are too CTF-like. Yeah. Because I, I've I've run into things that are very CTF-like and they're on customer networks that like have hundreds of employees or thousands. I'm like, Oh, this stuff is real. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like you will find an open FTP or you will find open SMB shares with passwords on it. Like it, it happens, you know? And one of the things I think we have to look at too, when you say CTF, like, I don't think it means it's necessarily easier because if you think of CTFs, you think of some of the boxes you may have, you went through on the OSCP. One of the things I have to say too is they got a lot of things in there to draw you the wrong direction that you start going down a di- the wrong path because this looks like it, but maybe you didn't enumerate enough. So I don't think it makes it easy because it's CTF like, in my opinion, I think it makes, makes it more difficult, which is going to make you better at hacking in my opinion. Yeah. I, it feels weird with me saying, yeah, I agree with you when you've been doing this forever and yeah. I just started. But for me, I I love that because I feel like I learned so much because it can get annoying when people are like, you just need to enumerate better, bro. Like, try harder, LOL. You know, <laughs> but that, but that's really what it is. I love that uh, OCP boxes throw that in and some of the hack the box boxes. It's like, if you... 
instead of trying to go at it like you're some sort of Jedi where you just see something, you're like, this is the way, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but if, if you back it up with facts of just you looking to see what's running on every port or every every service or, or whatever it is that you're attacking, then it sort of becomes harder to go down rabbit holes mm-hmm. because you usually find that it's not based in facts. It's just sort of you assuming. Mm-hmm. Like I had this with uh, like we're doing at work, we're doing um, one of the hack the box labs, the offshore. Mm-hmm. And I, I, w- I, bl- I wasted a couple hours just because I assumed the two services were linked to each other. They had nothing to do with each other. <laughs> it's it's those sort of things. Like if I had just like been slow and metho- uh, methodical, I can't say that word. Methodical. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I would have did well. And I think that's what was also a deciding factor with the OSCP exam. Um, outside of taking breaks because uh, OSCP exam is not like real life in that way, but maintain a clear head by that, I mean, like, maintaining your objectivity the whole way through. So, like, with the time pressure, you kind of lose your objectivity a little bit, and you start to go in circles if you're not documenting stuff well, and you retry the same things and stuff like that. It's the same as in Hack the Box or in real life. You have to keep good notes. Um, and I'm glad that the test failures that I had taught me that lesson because I would, I probably never would have did it unless I had to do it. Because who likes to keep good notes, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to take all these screenshots and copy stuff from a command you just typed. And, like, no one wants to do that. But um, it's the key. I I think somebody I saw on Twitter said something like a lot of hacking and pen test, or at least pen testing, is uh, most of it's enumeration, you know? especially the more sensitive in nature stuff you're attacking, you sort of just have to figure out what's there based on the data that you glean from running tools or just being a human that's curious, you know? So I, a lot of people complain about the 24 hour test. I, I hated it too, but I think there's also a plus side, at least for me. And that under the extreme stress of, having 24 hours to do this and I put so much time and energy and money into this process and it just builds up over time that it really made me focus on having the core skills like down well. So like proper note, taking proper notes um, was key. Um, not just trying to wing something. So like uh, Windows Privesque was something I was rusty on, thought I could just wing it. I couldn't. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm glad for that. I, I'm not glad for paying so much money, especially for the retakes, but you know, that's their business. I opted in for it, whatever. But um, now I get to, I mean, I got extremely lucky. So if anybody's following my footpath, they might not get as lucky, but. But you yeah, know, that, I, th- that can vary too. Some people can, you know, some people, maybe more luckier than you luck. You just can't, sometimes you just can't plan that time when luck happens or where it gets, I mean, you know, you see some people that take a long time putting in tons of resumes and applications and applying and applying and applying and, you know, applying for hundreds of jobs before they finally get one. And then someone may only apply one or two times, you know, it's kind of like buying a lottery ticket. You just can't predict that stuff. And, and when you're doing all the right things, like you were networking, you know, like you mentioned, the human element, getting to know people and, you know, the more investment you make into that, I think you're going to do better because, you know, nowadays trying to get past the HR firewall, getting your resume to the hiring manager is a big, is, is, is tough. Could you, you can imagine if you would have had to go through the process where you would have had to go online, apply for the job and then get selected to interview for the job. Sometimes that could be tough. I've had instances where I was working at a bank and prior to going to that work for that bank. I applied at another bank, had all the experience, came in from five years of consulting and didn't even get an interview going the traditional route. This other bank, I knew someone there, they referred to me, I got the job. And yeah. the other other bank calls me a year later, hey, are you interested in a job we have open? 
you know, it's just when you go the traditional route and you're not networking, sometimes it makes it near impossible. It's a lot harder for sure. And one thing I like, I, I'm in Scranton, Pennsylvania. There's not a big security scene out here. I have to drive an hour to three hours to go to where everyone else is. Um, but I have noticed that it's kind of eerie. Like the offensive security world is a lot smaller than I thought it was. They're like, oh, there's hundreds of thousands of security jobs, like just waiting to be filled. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I only, I only know so many of these pen testers, and even they say it's a small world. So it's like everybody seems to know everybody. But I think one thing that also helped me outside of networking, like I mainly use Twitter or meeting people in real life because, like I said, I'm in Scranton where nothing happens, not even the office. That wasn't even filmed here. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I also reached out on LinkedIn too to so like um, companies I was looking to interview for. They had open recs. I would try to find somebody in their like company directory that maybe worked in as a pen tester there or had some sort of technology position, and just not like, hey, I'm going to grease you up so you can recommend me. More so of like, hey, what's it like to work there? Are you happy there? What would you change? Like, um just try to get a feel for the company and try to make like a real connection with someone. Um, and so I got some referrals that way of just chatting with someone, you know, and be like, Hey, I'm chatting up, like, just be real. Like, Hey, I'm looking for this job. Like I'm just trying to find out more about the company. Um, that helped. I think the hardest part, which I hundred percent, I'm so grateful for everybody in the DEF CON group, six, one, zero, whoop, whoop. Uh, <laughs> They help me with my resume because I don't, I know you hear of a lot of people that transition into this career because it really is a career change. Even if you're a tech person um, is trying to write a resume to get a pen testing job when you're not a pen tester is extremely difficult. Um, it, like all I had was the OCP and I'm trying to craft a resume of like, all right, well, I deal with Linux and AWS and databases all the time. How can I craft this to be pin testy? <laughs> it is so difficult. I, I I feel for everyone that, that tries to shift in this industry because it is so tough. It isn't like it, it's tough. It's, it isn't tough like uh, externally. It's also tough internally because you're like, I want to be a part of this cool club. Like, can I get in, you know? And you're like, well, maybe I'm not good enough. I'm not ready. You know, I'm not as amazing as all these other people. But um, I think the most comforting thing was the people in the industry that are welcoming, uh, comforting. And if you're honestly trying to apply effort to learn something, tons of people will help you. I, I noticed that it's been great. There's, you know, there's drama like anything else in the world with any kind of niche, but I think by and large, everyone gets it. Like they get what it's like to want to have the job. They get what it's like to feel like you're not good enough. Um, and everyone that I've ever asked has always been helpful to me. And I, I try to give that back too to anybody else that was me two plus years ago or even over two years ago. Like I can't help you get hired because you know, we, I think we only have an open rec for a senior. I'm not even sure about that right now, but like, I'm still a junior pin tester. You know? <laughs> so like, um, but I, I, I do hope that people at least try, cause it's not impossible. It could seem impossible. Like the people that are pin testers much have, must have some genius thing in their brain. Like <laughs> it isn't like that at all. It's just following a system or an approach to doing something over and over and over again and being okay with not knowing things because no matter how much you learn, you're going to run into something you've never seen before and you still have to attack it with the same level of uh, competency as you would anything else. Um, that doesn't mean you have to be an expert. That doesn't mean that, you know, the, the, the actual adversaries are going to know how to use this technology. But, um, I think having that courage to do it anyway is, is key. 
Uh, it's kind of nuts to try to quit your career that you already have some stability in. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you're straight out of college, then fucking go for it. Or sorry, freaking go okay. for it. <laughs> 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 like you can do it. Like if I could do it, like just on a whim from watching something on YouTube and just trying it and not giving up, then anyone could do it. Um, yeah, that, I don't know. I wish... I wish I could just get in people's heads that are thinking about doing this stuff and just be like, you can do it. Like, just, just keep going. Like, don't give up. Like it will happen for you. Um, well, I don't, I can't guarantee that, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it will, there's like, there's tons of jobs out there, you yeah. know? And it seems like most people that are persistent, they'll eventually get in and made some people, get in a lot easier than others. And some people it takes a long time and it seems impossible, but you know, it's almost kind of relatable to, to like, you know, going through the OSCP, the try harder mentality. If you give up, sometimes you don't get it. And so it's just kind of, we have to learn not to give up. And I think that's the same thing with the career, you know, trying to get a job, you you don't give up because that next job you try for, you may get it. So you just never can tell. And, and at some jobs, like all companies are different, I'm sure, as everyone knows, but just interviewing all those companies, you sort of get a feel for their culture, too. Like, some can feel sort of academic in a way. That, at least that's how I see it. I'm, I'm a, I never went to college. I'm a high school dropout. But some of it could sort of feel academic, like, oh, prove to me that you know, you know how QSort works at a minute level. It's like, what? You know, you need to pass our little weird tests, but other ones could just be like, Hey, how do you fit in this culture? Like, like I already see you got the OSCP. So you at least have some foundation of like, explain things to me. Like it's not, it's some, some are good. Some are bad. Luckily I happened to get an offer from the best place I interviewed with, but like that, I expected that I wasn't going to get a job or interviews till maybe later in the year like i got my oscp in 2020 late 2020 september i was expecting not to even interview till like june because a lot of companies were like we're not hiring like we're only hiring seniors now like get in touch with us in three to five months some kind of thing but i don't know i think i think for me sharing my journey was helpful because like co-workers and people in the industry are also like on twitter um, so it was helpful for me, but I think it was also like, it was helpful for me as I was going through the process, knowing that I had a community, that there were people that were, you know, almost seemed like magicians compared to where you are right now or where I'm at right now that were encouraging me and be like, you can do this, man. You belong here. Like, just keep at it. Um, I, I don't know. I just fell, I just fell in love with the job. I mean, to get to get paid real money to hack things like (laughs) like how cool is that like that is that's real that's happening to me right now so it's like every day i wake up i'm like man this is my job this is amazing (laughs) it's like what am i gonna get into next you know i i love it so if you if so if you were starting over again is there anything you do different Yeah, I would uh hmm I would have probably not gone through PWK in the middle of COVID starting, but I didn't know that. Um I'm not sure. Um uh, I mean it's probably easy to think of all the things you could have did to save time, but at the same time I probably would have repeated it. So it's like I'm thinking of like, well, I could have been more productive with my free time if like if I hadn't a you know, played video games or did whatever, I could have progressed faster. But I mean, maybe it's different for other people, but for me, like my brain, like I have to walk to the beat of my own drum. Like I can't, it's hard for me to follow someone else's narrow path. It won't work for me. Um, So I sort of have to be like inspired or in the zone or something like this, you know? Uh, I'm not sure what I would do differently which is going to sound ridiculous once I, once we're done here, I'm going to think of stuff. (laughs) Um, Probably applied, 
probably something about applying more effort. Um, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was a tough, it was a tough time because I was dealing with depression from COVID and being locked in and, you know, all the other stuff we had to deal with. And then, you know, all the pen test companies and tech companies were out of work. I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> good thing I got the sysadmin job, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't know. I would say just in times of where you're feeling, where I was feeling sad and thought that I am wasting my time. I'm like trying to be a part of this cool club that I'm totally, I'm not a part of and I have no business being around to just try to wipe that out of my brain and just move forward. Like no one's going to tell me, like, I'm going to tell you, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) like I, I came here to hack stuff and get paid money to do it. Like I, I'm, no one's going to stop me, you know, because there, there definitely be people that tell you that you're wasting your time, that you shouldn't be doing this. What are you doing? You have a great career. What are you doing? You're going to go from being a senior lead to being the most junior person on the team. Like, hell yeah, Will. You know, I don't, I don't know about other jobs, but I was on, I was on call 24-7. That's like, that's, that's really draining. Like you're the big shot. You get to do amazing things with scale. You could never touch out in a lab, but it, it just drains your life away. I'm like, do I want to be 65 still with a pager? Waking my wife up at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 yeah, I would say if anybody's listening to this and you're like, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, I don't know. It's kind of fun, but me, it's just a hobby. Like, just go for it. Like, there's going to be more positions opening up. Like, this field is not getting any smaller, you know? Like, there's more work to do. I think there's just, I don't think, I don't know if people realize, like, how much work there is to go around. So, like, a normal pen test maybe would be one to three weeks. So, that's one person working on, what, maybe 30 pen tests? 20 pen tests a year or something like this. And they, they might even be paired if it's big. Um, like there's, there's just so many pen tests to go around. Like companies are turning away pen tests, you know, <laughs> either it doesn't fit their schedule or whatever. I, I'm not in the business world, but I, I do see parts of it. So it isn't like there's only so many and you have to fit in. It's like, there's tons of openings, but I would say just keep at it. Uh, I mean, it's like, it stinks that OSCP is one of those, like, you know, almost like as a reputation of being an HR buster, like you get this and you'll just be shoot through the recruiter and then you'll get an interview and then you'll be set. It's not always true. Like it might get an interview. It might get past the recruiter, but it's not a golden ticket. Like you still have to talk, you know, you have to explain things. Yeah. (laughs) some things are highly technical other things aren't like do you mesh with the people do they mesh with you do you get a bad vibe you know you're not going to fit in everywhere but there there's going to be a spot for you i think there's a spot for me you know i'm not an easy easy peg to fit in a hole you know (laughs) (laughs) talk a lot loud you know you know i think it really depends on the company and the culture now a consulting company, like where you work, it's going to be a lot more difficult to get in there, but you take some internal resources for companies. Uh, you know, maybe the type of pen testing they're doing is a little easier to learn. Uh, you know, I've worked in situations where is it was an internal resource and eventually got bored with it and moved on after spending five years in consulting. But, you know, I brought people in recommended people that I knew that were good sys admins and based on some of the automation we had in place to, to make the job easier and a well-documented process that that they could learn the process. So it just kind of depends. Not that it's, I don't know how common that is. It could be very common. There could have been some places that are even easier to get into than there as well. But yeah, not sure. I know that I know that where I work, because um, this is the only pen testing job I've had. Like I got it in December 2020. Like I said, so I'm not even two years into this. But I value the the purposeful decision-making that the leadership team did to ensure that we have a diverse 
team. So like, you know, I, I'm 40, I'm 43. I'll be 44 this year, but it, so I started when I was 42. So I changed careers in my forties. Um, you know, there's, I think there's at least one person on my team that's older than me. And there's people like fresh out of college and then everybody in between, and they all have different skills and niches and things they're good at. Um, so I wouldn't say, so I, I would say probably to people, they're like, Oh, I'm not as good as blah, blah, blah. Well, you don't, you don't need to be a carbon copy. You need to be you. Yeah. Like people want you on the team. They want your perspectives, you know? And that's kind of the cool thing I like about pen testing too. There's some, there's some like very concrete things of like, Oh, how do I run commands? Or if I see this, I absolutely do this every time. But other times it kind of get creative. Like, Oh, maybe about this. What do you think about this? Like thinking of new ideas. And, um, one thing I love too, is where I work that like, it isn't just about like pen testing. Like we all, everybody has like niches they're into, right? Like some people are into like, hacking firmware on the side you know buy all kinds of gear at home and try to hack it other people are into you know reverse engineering or looking at malware or or trying to hunt for zero days like there's always something like you're not just gonna you don't have to do the same thing every time like you're not looking for carbon copies of the same person you know so i would say don't be don't be afraid to be you and don't let anybody make you stop if you want it get it like it'll get to you eventually maybe not as quick or as good as everyone else but maybe you got it better than a lot of people who knows but either way if you get it you're gonna get paid money to hack on stuff for a living like that's how cool like it is as cool as it sounds you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) like so i get to go like it it's only happened a few times because I'm still new, so they don't just let, at least where I work, they just don't let newbies just loose on an internal network, uh, you know, because that could be a little dangerous. But I'm like, I get to see the internal network of this, like, corporation and just have, like, car blunch access to everything in scope. <laughs> uh, like, that is so cool. Like, you'd never be able to get that in a lab. Like, you wouldn't be able to replicate that, like, remotely. And I'm like, I get to just do this and then write reports. <laughs> <laughs> Very that's, cool. That's like I was talking about before. Like, it's not just a, like, it's more of an auditor job. So you're doing cool tech stuff, like all these cool exploits and like you're learning new stuff. But like, also at the end of the day, like you're writing a report. Um, I think people need to be mindful of that. I, I hated that. OSCP exam didn't really focus too much on that. Like they gave you like a basic outline. You just as long as you made sure you had like the IP, what the vulnerability was in a screenshot, like you're almost golden, but like, but I think writing real pen test reports is like a whole different thing that I was on. I was unprepared for. Like I had some experience writing a lot of documentation, like technical documentation for like run books and stuff like this and policies but i think you should get real comfortable writing reports <laughs> and and once you get there you're going to realize that your notes and all your screenshots are going to help you build those reports so all that time and effort you invested in doing the note taking and screenshotting and stopping what you're doing um it's going to pay off it's annoying it's especially annoying in the morning i i still get annoyed by it when i feel like i'm on a roll i'm like nope i gotta stop i gotta record what i'm doing then i move forward like it can wait 10 seconds <laughs> but I, I think people should just know it's it's definitely an auditor role and a report writing role probably that report is critical that's what they're paying the tens of thousands or whatever dollars for well unless you're internal i, I don't know how that works you just but and it de- definitely the easier it makes your job, the more you prove your case, because you're going to run into people that are going to disagree. You know, sometimes it's cases of people just trying to negotiate findings oh, down God. and risk or trying to negotiate <laughs> them off the report because there's some people out there that still just want the checkbox. It's all that's important. So the better you can prove your case. I mean, sometimes you feel like a lawyer, you know, you're trying to prove 
your case and you know you're trying to prove it's vulnerable they don't believe it so the more screenshots the better you you detail it the better and easier you're going to have it yeah it's pretty it's pretty neat uh, i mean luckily for me being a junior pen tester like that's stuff that like the leads or the seniors get to do with arguing the case to like a board or something <laughs> <laughs> i don't have to do any of that but but at the same time, it's like if you're going to make an assertion about something, you need to be able to prove it. So you can't just be like, "Oh, your fifty percent of your passwords are bad." Be like, "How'd you how'd you come up with that?" You know. But um, I don't know. I I love. It. I, I think I think what there's a I, I felt intimidated when I got hired. I'm like, guys, this is my first job. Like being a pen tester. Like I can do the web app stuff pretty well. But like I'm still a noob, so like asking for help or admitting you don't know something because, like, they can hire you and expect you to run a little bit. But like, if you've never written a report or you're not sure how to do things properly, like having a team to help you is amazing. Especially if you're a really good team, they're like, "Oh yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from. I remember that." And like, yeah, you just do it like this. I'm like, "Oh, thanks." You know, so having that same level of a lack of an ego of sorts and like that humility is going to help you on the job too. Cause it, it's like, they were all there. They know what it's like. They know what it's like to start a job and feel like you don't belong. Cause I think that everybody sort of gets that. Like I hate, it's like I hate mentioning imposter syndrome cause everybody mentions it and sort of like, I get it. But like everyone gets it. Even the most brilliant people I know, we were talking about someone that we know that, I just call him a wizard. Like he, he kind of looks like a wizard, but he's just brilliantly good. There's going to be brilliantly good people, but there's still room for you, you know? Uh, but I don't know. I think, I think hack the box really helped me for uh, tests I would be doing as a junior. So like I got started doing mostly like web app pen tests, some that had already been tested already before, you know, like, cause there's like pen tests that happen regularly. If you get that kind of deal with a customer. And so like I, you know, using burp suite and Nmap and, you know, Nick two and all those kind of things you use on hack the box was also relevant here. Um, except you get, except you get all that sweet corporate money. So you get the, you get the burp suite pro. You know, you get, the, <laughs> you get the cool VMware licenses and like all these licenses for tools that you wouldn't be able to play with. Very true. So, yeah, we're getting down towards the end of the show. Is there anything you'd like to share before we end? Oh, geez. Uh, no, uh, I'm trying to think. Do I have anything to plug? No, I get. Can I plug my employer? Sure. I don't know if they'll approve it, though. I don't know. But I, yeah, I used to work at Critical Start, and then, and if you looked at the news, you saw the Critical Start got a buyout, but a separate company was spun off that had the offensive, uh, the offensive security portion, and it's now uh, Cyber One Security, where we're wholly, wholly our own. Um, it's kind of, and they're based out of, of Dallas, Texas which I wish I was at sometimes because everybody has a cool time in Dallas, Dallas hackers, man, yep. you guys have it so good over there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can always move down here. <laughs> yeah. You can't convince my wife. That's the hard part. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would just say if anyone's listening to this, they're like, it's not for them. Like it's for you. Like if you have an interest in it, just go for it. Like who's going to tell you no, you know, don't listen to those people. Um, and but do try to network with people like uh, you know Twitter was an easy place for me cuz that's where everybody was and I didn't have to know the secret handshake. Um but just get in there. Get have conversations with people. If you need help with something, reach out to somebody like when I was starting you helped me out. Like I had questions about stuff and like you even sent me like a care package one time. I'm like this guy is so nice. <laughs> I got a box of like stuff and like, he doesn't even know me, you know? And, it, but like people like you and, and, and like wire, oh, there's too many names. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're, they're just so good. Oh, my friend shadow bits. He's really awesome. 
but uh he's been super helpful but just stick with it man like don't don't let people beat beat you down there's room for you you can do it it might be tough now but the good news is it'll still be tough <laughs> it's just going to be something else you know yeah. but just keep doing it and someday hopefully uh you can be like i get to hack stuff for a living and yes it is as cool as it sounds <laughs> <laughs> and no i won't hack your facebook <laughs> <laughs> well th- thanks for sharing your story and your knowledge it was it was uh, great having you on the show yeah and if anybody has any any questions or or needs help with anything they could always reach out to me on twitter at uh, how do you pronounce it it's Sagon Sec, S-O-G-O-N-S-E-C. And I, I post crap, post stuff there all day long. And we'll be sharing, <laughs> sharing that in the show notes. So it'd be easy Sweet. for people to find you. So, Yeah, my DMs are open. Just hit me up. I, would, I love helping people. So if you need help with something that's not illegal, I'm your friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for joining, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bug Crowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.